Welcome to the Ready to Harvest podcast. In today's episode, we're looking at the largest Wesleyan holiness denomination in the world, the Church of the Nazarene. The goal is to give you a concise, factual, and unbiased look into the difficult-to-decipher world of denominations. Check the podcast notes for links to relevant content and check out the website at readytoharvest.com. What is the Church of the Nazarene? The Church of the Nazarene is a denomination formed by the merger of over a dozen other Wesleyan holiness denominations over the last century. Today, it is the largest Wesleyan holiness denomination in the world. Let's discuss the doctrine of the Church of the Nazarene. On Christian doctrines that are accepted by evangelical Christianity, the Church of the Nazarene is in the mainstream. They accept the Trinity, divinity of Christ, virgin birth, resurrection, literal hell, and literal final judgment. On the beliefs page of Nazarene.org, they say the following. We believe in one God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe that human beings are born with a fallen nature and are therefore inclined to evil and that continually. We believe that the finally impenitent are hopelessly and eternally lost. We believe that our Lord will return, the dead will be raised, and the final judgment will take place. The Church of the Nazarene teaches two sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Baptism, or good works, are not viewed as necessary for salvation, and baptism in the Church of the Nazarene can be either believer's baptism or infant baptism, and sprinkling, pouring, and immersion are all acceptable modes. The Lord's Supper is viewed as a means of grace, more than being simply symbolic. The Articles of Faith of the Church of the Nazarene do speak mostly symbolically on the issue of whether Christ's body and blood is truly present, but the 2017 General Assembly has proposed a change which is now heading toward ratification which states, The Lord's Supper is a means of grace in which Christ is present by the Spirit. On the topic of Scripture, the Church of the Nazarene believes in biblical inerrancy and in the 66-book canon. The Articles of Faith state, we believe in the plenary inspiration of the Holy Scriptures, by which we understand the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments given by divine inspiration, inerrantly revealing the will of God concerning us in all things necessary to our salvation, so that whatever is not contained therein is not to be enjoined as an article of faith. On creation and evolution, the Church of the Nazarene Manual states, the Church of the Nazarene believes in the biblical account of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. We are open to scientific explanations on the nature of creation while opposing any interpretation of the origins of the universe and of humankind that rejects God as the creator. On the topic of human sinfulness, the Church of the Nazarene believes in original sin. This from their Articles of Faith. We believe that sin came into the world through the disobedience of our first parents and death by sin. We believe that sin is of two kinds, original sin or depravity and actual or personal sin. We believe that original sin or depravity is that corruption of the nature of the offspring of Adam by reason of which everyone is very far gone from original righteousness or the pure state of our first parents at the time of their creation, is averse to God, is without spiritual life and inclined to evil, and that continually. We further believe that original sin continues to exist with the new life of the regenerate until the heart is fully cleansed by the baptism with the Holy Spirit. The Church of the Nazarene teaches a necessary born-again experience of salvation, including a necessary repentance. The Articles of Faith state, We believe that repentance, which is a sincere and thorough change of the mind in regard to sin, involving a sense of personal guilt and a voluntary turning away from sin, is demanded of all who have, by act or purpose, become sinners against God. And specifically on the belief of a moment of salvation or justification, the Articles state, we believe that justification, regeneration, and adoption are simultaneous in the experience of seekers after God and are received by faith, preceded by repentance, 
and that to this work and state of grace the Holy Spirit bears witness. The Church of the Nazarene teaches that after salvation, a person should seek for and experience a second work of grace, entire sanctification. This is synonymous with baptism of the Holy Spirit. However, unlike many Pentecostal denominations, this is not viewed as being accompanied with speaking in tongues. The Articles of Faith state, We believe that entire sanctification is that act of God subsequent to regeneration by which believers are made free from original sin or depravity and brought into a state of entire devotion to God and the holy obedience of love made perfect. It is wrought by the baptism with or infilling of the Holy Spirit and comprehends in one experience the cleansing of the heart from sin and the abiding and dwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, empowering the believer for life and service. Entire sanctification is provided by the blood of Jesus, is wrought instantaneously by grace through faith, preceded by entire consecration, and to this work and state of grace the Holy Spirit bears witness. The view of salvation in the Church of the Nazarene is Arminian, where salvation can be lost. The Nazarene Manual states, We believe that all persons may fall from grace and apostatize, and that unless they repent of their sins, be hopelessly and eternally lost. Pentecostalism is not accepted by the Church of the Nazarene. The Church of the Nazarene views entire sanctification as the second work of grace that accompanies baptism with the Holy Spirit, whereas many finished work Pentecostals preach that speaking in tongues is the evidence of this baptism and that entire sanctification is not necessary for it. In 1972, the Church of the Nazarene General Assembly made the following resolution. Any practice and or propagation of speaking in tongues, either as the evidence of the baptism with the Holy Spirit or neo-Pentecostal ecstatic prayer language should be interpreted as inveighing against the doctrines and usages of the Church of the Nazarene. As for eschatology or end times, H. Ray Dunning, writing for the Church of the Nazarene magazine Holiness Today, explains the Nazarene position in this way. The Church of the Nazarene has always avoided adopting a particular position concerning end-time events. It has consistently affirmed the basic belief in the second coming of Christ as the consummation of history. In the article, Dunning goes on to explain pre-post and amillennial positions and the view of the rapture and concludes with, Both the concept of the millennium and a specific period of tribulation are highly ambiguous. The bottom line, I repeat, is that there is no place for dogmatism. Dunning's viewpoints aside, his ability to write this in official Nazarene publications shows that there is room for many different perspectives on eschatology within the Church of the Nazarene. The Church of the Nazarene practices ordination and ministry, but also recognizes a role of lay minister. The Nazarene Manual says, Any member of the Church of the Nazarene who feels called to serve as a church planner, bivocational pastor, teacher, lay evangelist, lay song evangelist, stewardship minister, church staff minister, and or other specialized ministry on behalf of the church, but who does not at the present time feel a special call to become an ordained minister, may pursue a validated course of study leading to a certificate of lay ministry. However, lay ministers are subject to some restriction. The manual goes on to say, a lay minister shall not be eligible to administer the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper, and shall not officiate at marriages. As for clergy, the manual states, the Church of the Nazarene recognizes only one order of the preaching ministry, that of elder. It also recognizes that the member of the clergy may serve the church in various capacities. Women are accepted into leadership in Nazarene churches. The Nazarene manual says, the Church of the Nazarene supports the right of women to use their God-given spiritual gifts within the church and affirms the historic right of women to be elected and appointed to places of leadership within the Church of the Nazarene, including the offices of both elder and deacon. 
The polity of the Church of the Nazarene doesn't fit neatly into normal classification. Here's how the manual puts it. The government of the Church of the Nazarene is distinctive. In polity, it is representative, neither purely episcopal nor wholly congregational. Because the laity and the ministry have equal authority in the deliberative and lawmaking units of the church, there is a desirable and effective balance of power. Abstinence from alcohol is taught in Nazarene churches. The manual states, in light of the Holy Scriptures and human experience concerning the ruinous consequences of the use of alcohol as a beverage, and in light of the findings of medical science regarding the detrimental effects of both alcohol and tobacco to the body and mind, as a community of faith committed to the pursuit of a holy life, our position in practice is abstinence rather than moderation. Homosexuality is viewed as sinful. The manual says, We believe the practice of same-sex sexual intimacy is contrary to God's will for human sexuality. The Church of the Nazarene holds a pro-life position. The manual states, The Church of the Nazarene believes in the sanctity of human life and strives to protect against abortion, embryonic stem cell research, euthanasia, and the withholding of reasonable medical care to handicapped or elderly. Nazarene churches may have more traditional music and hymnody, or contemporary, or both. The Church of the Nazarene is part of the Christian Holiness Partnership, National Association of Evangelicals, World Methodist Council, and the Global Wesleyan Alliance. In 2019, the denomination reported over 2.6 million members and 30,875 congregations worldwide. The number of members in the U.S. is declining slowly, but strong growth overseas has led to an increase in the decade from 2009 to 2019 of 34.5%, and a 26% increase in number of churches. In that same time, though, professions of faith are down 19%. I hope you enjoyed today's Ready to Harvest podcast. A video form of this podcast is available on YouTube or at readytoharvest.com. The link is in the podcast notes. Please let me know of Christian denominations that you would be interested in me producing an episode on by filling out the form on the website. And please let others know if you enjoy the Ready to Harvest podcast. See you again very soon.